And good morning, everyone, and welcome to Small Biz Batters, the half-hour program where you work on your business rather than in it. My name is Alexi Boyd, and as I mentioned just before the news, we are welcomed by a fantastic guest today. Thank you very much for joining us, Christine. You're welcome, Alexi. Now, Christine, you are a naturopath and a herbalist. Am I right in saying that? I'm um, actually a naturopath, a nutritionist, and a homeopath. Oh, my goodness. That's, oh, no. It's a bit <laughs> of a mouthful. all the boxes. <laughs> so I'll just go with naturopath because okay. it's, it's kind of the coverall. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It in, indeed. And you're going to talk to us today about dealing with stress and uh, and of course that uh, period that state that you're in when you're in small business which is fairly constant would you agree <laughs> yeah I think the problem with small business it's always like you've got a lot you want to achieve and limited resources mm. and actually trying to figure out how you're going to do all that and often I find small business people too they're quite entrepreneurial and they've got three other projects they want to be working on at the same time yeah that doesn't sound like people like me at all no <laughs> Well, that's the thing. I mean, you find that people who start small business are passionate, hmm. uh, probably a little bit on the um, mental health scale, for want of a better <laughs> word. And we we feel like we want to give something back. We want to do something positive. And whether that be um, for altruistic reasons or because we're passionate about doing something for our family, that passion flows through to our business. And it's often what connects us really well to our clients. It is. And it's also, I mean, look, I think the thing is, it's about the fact that stress can be really positive and can help you get a lot done. But when it becomes overwhelming, mm. that's when you've got the issue. And the and, debilitation. Yeah. And, and the other thing too is I find a lot of small business people, they're often highly competent, but they take on too much. Yes. And um, I think the first thing most small business people need to learn is when to say no. Yeah, um, are you looking at me? Yeah, yes, yeah, no, no, I agree. I agree completely. Like volunteering for a radio show, for yeah. example. Yeah, um, absolutely. And that's one of the things. And as you said that, and you mentioned about them wanting to do too much, I actually immediately thought of the image of a list mm. because um, there's this theory that, you know, you have to, well, it, it's a very anti-theory now, you have to reach the bottom of the page to get everything that you're going to get done. You have to write a list that goes all the way to the bottom of the page. And I actually caught my 10-year-old daughter doing it the other day because I said to her, oh my God, be more productive. Write a list of what you want to achieve today during the holidays. And so she got to the bottom of the page and I said, okay, you're not going to get all that done today. Why have you felt the need psychologically to get to the bottom of the page? And I think maybe that's what we try and do as small businesses. We go, okay, I need to put on all my hats at once. I need to think about my marketing, my business plan, my financials, my where will I be in five years time. It's a lot to take on board and it's a lot to think about. It is. And also, um, you know, even having that list there with to do sets that mindset of I've got all these things to do. Maybe we should just stop writing to do, maybe write should I? <laughs> Here's <Or> a theory. <laughs> is there someone else who could do oh, some yes. of this? That's my favourite list. What the delegating list. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And that's a good point, actually, taking on too much, wearing too many hats. Mm. It's not really something we can necessarily escape, particularly in, I guess, the beginning and the start-up phase of being in your business because you're trying to get everything up and running. So... We are sort of talking across the board with businesses. Do you think it matters what type of business you're in when you're running a small business as to whether or not you're stressed or not? Or not really. I think a lot of it is around your mindset and, you know, whether you actually have the resources. And one of the things I've noticed with women in small business is they're less likely to raise money to um, run a business. You know, they're, they're likely to just keep reinvesting in, the, in their business and themselves. Mm. But that then means that perhaps they don't get the opportunity to outsource and delegate as much as, say, um, someone else would who's raised money and goes, OK, well, let's, you know, crash, crash on or crash through. I'm going to be really controversial here and say, is there a difference, in your opinion, with the way women and men approach 
that concept of, well, what am I aiming for? Are women going for the, <sighs> hate these words, work-life balance, trying to spend more time with the family and yet succeed in business, whereas men are just going, what is my financial goal? Yeah, I, I, do, I do think there is a different focus. And it's often because, you know, a lot of women who do run their own small business, or at least a lot of the ones I know, have already been in the corporate world for 10, 15 years and then thought, you know, really, this isn't, this isn't what I want to do. And, you know, then you add the complication of kids and all of a sudden you've got all these other demands on your time. And frankly, um, because women are typically better at multitasking, mm -hmm. you do end up with more of those chores. Mm -hmm. And so it becomes that what, you know, what job can I find that's going to give me that work-life balance? Yeah. And, you know, it doesn't really, you know, I'm not even sure there is such thing as work-life balance. I think it's doing as much work as you want to do. Yes, while still remaining happy and comfortable yeah. with that workload. Yeah. It's such a fine fine thing to try and find. So talking about stress now and the symptoms of stress, I mean, it's it's like with anything, quite often it'll be someone close to you who, we, I mean, we're talking about a mental health issue mm. really. And it'll often be someone who's close to you who recognises when you're not quite right, when you're not quite feeling um, yourself or you're not behaving the way you normally do and your stress levels up or you're just treating everyone around you like garbage. Um, <laughs> That's probably a bit extreme. Yeah. But I'd say um, often it's that that friend who's wired but tired all the time, mm. you know, so they're really, they can't focus, they're a bit overwhelmed, but they seem to be really physically exhausted as well. You mentioned um, when we were talking just before the show that they might be a little bit teary. Yeah. I mean, look, it can be different. Some people will treat other people like crap. Mm -hmm. um, Put other my people... hand up and say that I do that to my children. <laughs> sorry, guys. Well, sorry, sometimes it's often the partner who cops that. Yes, um, true. How was your day, dear? Don't ask. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the other side of it can be that um, that not coping and, and someone just asking the wrong question at the wrong moment and all of a sudden, you know, they unload. A lot of people feel better for having a good cry. Mm. So, you know, some, don't feel bad about making them cry. Just accept that, you know, it's a bit of a release. But I think the more important thing is to actually look at, okay, this is a physical symptom of stress and that you're not coping. And, and what is it that's going on for you? And can you make some changes to actually help you cope? So we might talking, be talking about something like uh, maybe what we were saying before the break, insomnia, perhaps? Is yeah, that a actually having trouble sleeping. I mean, you think about it in the most simple terms. You know, when you're young and you're at school and you had to do a big presentation or something the next day, how many people had trouble getting to sleep the night before? Mm. Well, as an adult, it can actually magnify because it's like I've got to do you know presentations in front of clients or I've got to, do so I've got to meet with someone who's always really aggressive or and you know you start to develop a pattern of not sleeping before these events yes so it, it actually habitual. becomes a bit wired mm, you know mm. that you're going to have trouble sleeping and once it's become a pattern it's harder to break like resetting your sleep patterns after a period of insomnia can take six to eight weeks yeah you know which yeah. is you know that is a lot of time to not be sleeping I'd, I'd say one of the most important things with insomnia is don't get stressed about how much sleep you're not having and that's a double negative, but you know what I mean. Well, it's not true. I say that to my kids. Yeah. I say, don't worry that you're not sleeping. Say to yourself, it's okay because I'm lying down, I'm relaxed, yeah. I'm resting. I'm basically doing most of what sleeping is and that's mm. okay. Yeah. And, you know, I will cope with less sleep. Um, may have a bit more coffee, but mm -hmm. or you know, hopefully your 10-year-old isn't drinking coffee. <laughs> <yet>. <laughs> it doesn't take after me like that, no. Okay, good. Well, but, you know, I'll, I'll be all right the next day and mm -hmm. then, you know, actually I'll probably sleep better the next night because yeah. I'll crash out. But, you know, sometimes it might be get up and read for half an hour or just don't get anxious about being awake. 
because that in itself will make the sleeplessness worse. And there's good habits that you can get into from a nutritional perspective as well when you're um, winding down for bed because they talk a lot about you know, we do this as kids. We do this for our toddlers mm. and our young children. There's a there's a process for going to bed. And what many adults don't realise is, is there's a process to head towards sleep, isn't there? There's, I'm going to switch off the electronic device that's been keeping me awake. <laughs> and then I'm going to faff around the kitchen for a bit and make sure it's I don't wake up to a complete mess. And then I'm going to have my glass of water. Then I'm going to brush my teeth. Then I'm going to get dressed. And all that ritual mm. is telling your body that you're starting to go to sleep. So I guess what you could say, is there anything wrong with really bringing that half an hour forward not really. I mean, most people naturally are starting to feel a bit tired around 10 o'clock. Yeah, but they if, push through. That's yeah, the problem. and that's the problem. If you push through, you can push through until about 2 o'clock, which is your next cycle. Ooh. And that's a bit too late. Yeah. You know? Um, but the other thing, too, is I think the sleep hygiene is really underestimated because, you know... Sleep um, hygiene? I haven't heard that hygiene. term before. Yeah. So making sure that your room, your bedroom is a haven. Um, which I was going to say, no TVs in the bedroom. Oh, God, no. I know no. that's a bit controversial. No, it's not. It's but not. No, I totally no agree. no screens. And that means mobile phones as well because yep. that low-level rate... Hamish, are you listening? No mobile phones <laughs> in the bedroom. She paid me to say that, yeah. Hamish. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the other thing is, you know, screens emit low-level radiation, which for some people who are sensitive can be enough to affect their sleep patterns. Mm -hmm. um, and look, it's really hard if your mobile phone blips not to actually check out what's going on and then that blue light is activating... Um, you know, the sense... Sensory issues. With yeah, you. it's basically triggering your mind to go, hey, it's daylight and yeah. I should be awake. We're, we're, we're very well yeah. trained by those little devices, And, aren't I we? mean, I'm sure you've all been away on holidays and used your phone as an alarm and had someone send you a text at 2 o'clock in the morning that's woken you up. That's particularly fun. Mm. So if you are going to use it as an alarm, put it in another room where you can still hear it. But can I just say it's a better alarm if it's in another room? Yeah, because you have to get, you up, get to up to answer it. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I think the other thing is having that uh, the room temperature right. You know, for a lot of people, if they're having trouble sleeping, too hot, too cold can be a problem too. What's the ideal temp? I suppose it's for each person it's different, isn't it? It is, but probably around 23, 24 degrees is good. Are um, you going to say something about clean bed sheets as well? Well, yeah, having... Um, I actually like to layer on the bed, so I have, like, a sheet and then a cotton blanket and then in winter I might have something heavier so then through the night if I do get a bit chilled I can just have that extra layer and I'm just soothed back to sleep rather than having if you have to get up and find something yeah, yeah you're that's right. also good yeah mm. um, what about issues uh, such as we were talking about during the break um, issues such as mold with um, well not so much with the weather we've got now because it hasn't rained in so long but <laughs> but the issue with that that um, hygiene in the in the bathroom. I, 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 one thing I did notice um, actually is our ensuite is right next to the bedroom. We've mm. got a sliding door that opens onto the bedroom, and I got in the habit of closing the bedroom, uh, closing the bathroom door, so that the uh, so that the steam wouldn't come into the bedroom mm. because that adds to the moisture and then adds to the chances of mold. Right? Yeah, and look, there's different. There are some molds that are quite toxic, and for some people, they will really affect their overall health. I mean, you know, it can be... It's, it's actually easier if they kind of develop lung and respiratory issues because you look for that sort of thing. But for some people, it can be fatigue, mm -hmm. just really disabling fatigue. And for others, it can be, you know, um, neurological, some more sleep problems and um, anxiety, etc. And there's a really good... There's a protocol in the US called the um, Shoemaker Protocol, which was all about treating mould. And it, it has become an issue here, particularly in Queensland, after those big floods they had in Brisbane. Yeah. Um, so a number of, um, you know, there's, I think in the US, I can't remember the name of it because it's got some, you know, name that's 30 syllables long, but um, the black moulds in particular can be very problematic. So you need to make sure that 
if you do have that mould, you get it treated and removed. Yeah, and remediation's not that complex. I've had no. it done a couple of times in another no. place we lived in and it's there's, there's great guys out there who do it and specialise mm. in it and it doesn't take very long at all. Yeah, but I mean, you know, then you need to follow up with some appropriate treatment. And I do remember the guys who... I, I saw a presentation, they were talking about the importance of bitters and binders. Bitters and binders. So digestive support, bitters, and binders to bind the, um, the mould particles so that still floating around your system. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, bitters and binders. There's something to research <laughs> where people have gone. Yeah. So, speaking of which, because we were just, that's a nice little segue into the next section, we're talking about diet. And if you have just joined in, we're listening to Small Biz Matters on Triple H 100.1 FM, and we're talking about how to manage stress if you're a small business owner, because it's something that is almost a constant state. Um, and we were talking a little bit just before about sleep and the importance of sleep and, and how you can perhaps uh, create better cycles and, and better um, hygiene within your bedroom to make sure you sleep a little bit better. Now, if you find that those symptoms of stress are getting a little bit overwhelming and a little bit too much, um, are there things that you can do to self-medicate? And no, I'm not talking about <laughs> alcohol and coffee. Um, are there things that we can do to self-medicate in our diet to improve stress levels? Well, I think the thing with diet is it's all about improving your resilience to stress because everyone's going to be, you know, you only have to drive on the Pacific Highway in Sydney to experience some stress. But what you want to do is to be able to cope with it and not have it become overwhelming. So the first thing that's really important is having enough protein in your diet. And most people, when they're stressed, will go for carb-type food. They'll go for quick fixes of carby sugar. Mm -hmm. So whether that's bread or, you know, pastries or something like that. Whereas in reality, um, you know, a small piece of chicken, a steak or um, salmon is probably going to give you... Um, maintain blood sugar which is going to help you cope with stress better the other thing is protein is actually what we need to build all our brain chemicals or our neurotransmitters so without getting that on a regular basis you're actually starving yourself of the very thing you need to deal with stress so how much protein do you need i would say um, the typical recommendation is um, 0.7 grams per kilo of body weight a day and if you're trying to lose weight, that's the body weight you want to be. Oh, um, not, not the, not the but, actual body weight. But, um, you know, really for most people, one gram per kilo per day is probably an easy math to do. Is that just 200 grams? Well, <laughs> um, hang on, no, I'm not 200 kilos. <laughs> I don't know if you want to be 200 kilos. But Alexi. I did the CSIRO diet and uh, didn't that <laughs> oh, say yes, 20, 200 grams is... 200 grams of chicken is yeah. about... Uh, it's about 25%. So Oh, so you don't look at the piece yeah. of meat as saying that's pure protein. Yes, you exactly. go within that there yeah. is X amount. Aha, okay, so I never thought of that. Meat and chicken are about 20, 25% protein. So 100 grams of chicken would be about 25 grams of protein. Okay, so I don't have an individually wrapped small chicken nuggets of nice chicken in the fridge at work ready to grab. So what can I grab that's going to give me that nice long protein hit that isn't a piece of chicken? Okay, so the other thing you could have, which would be really easy to have in the fridge, is yogurt. Mm. Um, good quality, you know, um, whole fat yogurt. Yes, um, not 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 low fat. They don't, you know, have a smaller quantity and have real. Yes. Um, and also, you know, nuts and seeds. But the thing with nuts and seeds, you've got to be a bit careful about, is the fact that they're very Moorish. So, I did have one client who I was trying to get to lose weight, and I told him he could have nuts, a snack of nuts and seeds once a day. Came back, hadn't lost any weight. Well, one. 
yeah, he was taking the big handful of the nuts and seeds and two, he was having five a day. In fact, the fact Ooh. he hadn't put on any weight was a bit of a shocker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you so know, you're talking about literally ten nuts. Yeah, yeah. about, and, um, if you want to use your hand, about enough to cover three fingers of whatever nuts you're having. But that's quite a good snack because it's got a nice mix of protein and fat. And don't forget, the brain is actually covered in fat. So you need those good fats in your diet to actually maintain your brain health and but, that barrier. But at three o'clock in the afternoon, when that coffee's worn out <laughs> and the carbs that I had at lunch have finally left my system, that's not going to cut it. So what else? I know, I know you're not going to let me reach for the sugar or the chocolate bar or the cup of soup. Uh, but... Have uh, a nice tub of hummus. Hummus, okay. With some veggie snacks. Okay. Or, you know, if you really have to push it, maybe some rice crackers, but, you know. The, the other veggie thing snacks is, are very Moorish, so, yeah, 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 yeah. definitely. Um, and celery is really good at the moment. Celery is nice, great. Nice I love crunchy. celery because celery is a negative food because it takes <laughs> more of your body's energy to process it than the energy it does actually give yeah. you. Yeah, and it's also got a nice amount of potassium and fluid in it, so it's, it's quite a good from a nutrient perspective. I mean, that's the other thing. Having enough vegetables is really critical, and I'm talking... <clears throat> three cups a day of vegetables is what about what you should be eating and a nice mix you know eat the rainbow but if you can't quite manage it just one cup of leafy green one cup of um, brassica type vegetables and one cup of multicolored yeah because there's a lot of vitamins and minerals in that and you know it's a great way to get it but it's also going to feed your gut well i think we also forget as small businesses that food is not it it's not there to comfort us <laughs> it is our fuel it yeah. is there to propel our bodies to do what we want to achieve, not, you know, I mean, we're talking about, you know, being having a treat. Um, that shouldn't be a daily thing, really. No, and, you know, if you look at traditionally, cakes and things were served at Easter and birthdays, not every single day. Pudding. Yes. No pudding. So have your treat be some really fabulous tamari almonds or something like that. Um, you need maybe change your, your talk around what's a treat. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And don't forget the big adage that honey sometimes is a, is, is a wonderful um, substitute for sugar, but it is just as um, not so fabulous as sugar because it does still give you that sugar high. Yeah. I mean, look, manuka honey can be really useful um, if it's got that high um, factor, mm. that manuka factor, which can be a, quite antimicrobial. Mm. But you're still only talking a teaspoon a day, uh, not, you know... Pour a, a, yeah, yeah. yeah, not, pour, not pouring. Not it. half a cup. Yes, right. <laughs> My children listening to that one. Yeah. Um, so, it, it, and that and that brings us across to if we're talking manuka and things like that, it does bring us across nicely to supplements. So, um, you're eating well. You're, you're trying your best to improve your sleeping patterns by uh, making sure that you've got a hygienic area to sleep in, and you're creating a pattern for your sleeping and, and a, a bit of a regime and a ritual. Um, supplements um is that something is that a last resort is that something that you should literally supplement your diet with i don't think it's a last resort anymore mainly because a lot of our food has a lot less nutrition in than it did previously um and there's some nice studies out there i mean i try to eat mainly organic but i've still when i test come up low in a couple of nutrients um and also if you're stressed i think magnesium is one of the best nutrients in terms of what i would call the wired and tired picture um, it's also, so if you want a really great 3pm prick-me-up, have a scoop of magnesium and water. And What uh, does that taste like? Well, I can say there's a couple of, can I mention brands? There's, yeah. Yeah, um, there's a couple of brands that actually taste quite nice. Blackmores do a, a pretty decent magnesium. Um, so do Ethical Nutrients. And um, Bioceuticals have their Ultra Musclees and their Ultra Musclees Sleep, mm. which are, you know, a pleasant tasting magnesium. But at the end of the day... 
you know, it's it's therapeutic. It's not really supposed to be sweet and... No, exactly. It's not meant to be a treat. But I was going to say, none of those are actually difficult to swallow. You know, they're actually quite nice tasting. Most of them are using stevia now to flavour, not artificial sweeteners, which is a nice shift. Mm. And Uh, we've got um, a couple of really nice businesses here in Hornsby for talking about um, businesses and supporting the local small business. Of course, there's some great uh, nutritional supplement places here in Hornsby. Yeah. And, you know, Blackmores are just down on the northern beaches. They are. Local business. Yeah. Hurrah. Um, but the other one is B vitamins. And the thing is, B vitamins, when I studied B vitamins, we did a week on each B vitamin. Mm. And then basically you learn that all of them operate together and you need, you know, two or three of them to get the others to work. So really important for being able to get the maximum nutrition out of your food, to being able to use it for energy and also for keeping you, um, helping you manage stress. So I would say B vitamin and magnesium are probably two of the most useful supplements. Mm. And then you really need to look at the picture, like what else is going on for you. And if you've got a lot of other physical symptoms of stress, like stomach aches and pains or or headaches or, yeah, or you're getting skin breakouts, then you might even want to look at some um, specific herbs that can help with managing that. Mm. Um, And usually I'd say I tend to have different formulas for different people because it is more individual. But, for example... Um, there are some lovely, uh, you know, some of the ginsengs are really nice for like gentle adrenal support. And then I've got a couple of the big ones like licorice and romania, which you might use for someone who has to get through a really big project, but you don't want them on it too long because if they're that type A individual, they'll just power themselves into a wall. <laughs> You're looking at me again. <laughs> no, no, but I, I, I'm thinking if Deborah's listening, she'll probably know who I'm talking about. <laughs> Well, look, um, and that brings me across nicely to just closing up the show by saying if, if you are experiencing any of these symptoms, um, obviously elevated stress levels, elevated cortisol, difficulty sleeping, um, all those stress symptoms that you might see physically, go and see a, a, a local practitioner. And mm. of course, always check with your local professional associations to find someone who is fully qualified and, uh, and, and, re- and recognised. Um, who is the um, uh, association for naturopaths? So there are a couple, but the one, I'm actually a director of the Australian Traditional Medicine Society mm-hmm. and we have a website with a find a practitioner function, so Fantastic. that's a good way to find practitioners. And there are some great practitioners here yeah. in our local area as yeah. well. Look, I'm going to wind it up now so um, we can go to some community service announcements, but look, thank you so much for coming on the show today, Christine. It's You're been welcome. absolutely awesome. Give us a quick plug for your website so we can find out more. So I'm at elementalhealth.net.au Wonderful. And of course, I know that you conduct a few workshops locally with Be Ultimate, so um, you can check those out with uh, Cheryl Alderman and Be Ultimate as well. And um, obviously lots of things going on in the that world. Um, I know you've got some wellness events that happened last year and they might and be yeah, happening we're, again. We're going to be running Natural Medicine Week again. So That's if you want fantastic. to have a look on the website, it'll be in May and there'll be events all over Australia. Mm-hmm. And uh, hopefully another event at Parliament House this year as Ooh. well because we're still lobbying very hard to keep natural therapies covered by health funds. Absolutely. And we're going to have all of those uh, local events listed on the Small Biz Matters events calendar as well. Great. All right. Well, thank you very much for coming on the show, Christine. Now, don't go away, everybody. We're going to come back after this break and we're going to be talking to another special guest after this. You are listening to Small Biz Matters on Triple H 100.1 FM. 
And welcome back to Triple H 100.1 FM. We are live in the studio with Alexi Boyd and Small Biz Matters. You've just been listening to Christine Pope, our local resident expert, talking about how to manage stress while at work when you're running a small business, which is pretty full on. But um, I think one of the aspects of having a small business, of course, is having a family. And I have someone here who I would say is an expert in being a family member. Absolutely. (laughs) Welcome to the show, Matthew. Thank you very much for joining us. Now, you were in the studio just then talking listening to what Christine had to say Um, and I wanted to get a different perspective on it because as a small business owner I know what the lay of the land is but I might not necessarily know what it's like for other members of my family who are experiencing stress. Um, Do you yourself experience stress? I mean I think everyone does. Mm, mm. And and what sort of um, when you're talking about being involved in, in a family environment what sort of things can really peak the situation and what things as a kid, I mean, well, you're how old? I'm 18 You're now. 18. Yes. I'm 18. Uh, so when you're that age, what you, you're obviously quite aware of what's going on in the family environment and what sends you over the edge in terms of stress levels and, and what do you think um, can be done in a family environment to reduce those stress? I think probably the most important thing in a family environment is understanding with each other. So I think communication is super important on that front. Mm-hmm. I think I think no one within the family wants to make each other more stressed. So if you're open and you're communicating, then that's definitely going to reduce those stress levels by a fair bit. Do you think that when adults come in, they're less likely to be communicative and that they should be open to it? Or do you think they want to come in and they want to chat, but it's the people in your position, it's the 18-year-olds who are going, oh, I don't want to talk right now? Yeah, often. But I think also a lot of the times the adults in the environment are coming in to the conversation with with already their minds sort of made up. You already have a goal and you enter the conversation with that goal and with their stress in mind and therefore you're going to be less open to that communication. You need to be entering the conversation and you need to be understanding the, the person from the get-go. Yeah, I actually quite like that thought because I just literally visualised myself talking to my children where I walk into a room and I'm going, you need to do this. I'm not opening the conversation with, hey, guys, what you doing? Do you reckon you could maybe turn off the TV after this episode and maybe do this, this and this for me? Because that'd be really nice. So it's the way that you approach the conversation, would you say? Yeah, yeah, I think. I think you need to make sure the other person understands that, that you want to help sort of thing. And yeah. You need to, yeah, you, you need to be really open with these sort of things because if the, if the other person isn't able to get across what they want, then that's going to cause frustration and more stress. Yeah, that's a very good point, actually. Coming into it, just understanding that that person is another person, I guess, not just a family Absolutely, member where yeah. you can totally like unload and and feel too comfortable <laughs> and just yell at them. Yeah. So, what do you do um, in your mind to de-stress? What's what's the best way? Because you're not you're not from around here. You live up in Taree. Yes. Um. So you live in a very different environment to us. So, what's the best way that kids around your area just kind of de-stress and, and relax a little bit? So, one of the best things to de-stress, in my opinion, is to be to keep your social social life up. Because when you're talking to another person, when you're interacting with other people. You're not thinking of those stressful things. Hmm. You're thinking of the conversation. You're thinking of the other person. You don't have time to to linger on those sort of things. And it's and we're social beings, people. So it, it's a natural de-stress in itself. Are you talking about that connectivity online or through a phone, or are you actually talking about face to face? I mean, face to face is definitely better. I think because then then there's definitely more of a connection there. Mm-hmm. When you're like when you're texting a person, you're not really reading the text in their tone or. With, with how they talk. 
if if you're face to face though there's much more understanding there and i mm-hmm. think that's one of the most important parts yeah that's true and but do you think that in in um in your generation the world the digital world is taking over from the um the everyday world are you less more likely to just have a chat to someone on the phone than actually get up and walk the five minutes it takes to get to their house and have a chat to them face to face um somewhat but i don't think it's I, don't, I definitely don't think it's replaced it i just think that it's 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 just made it everything more connected in a sense that when when you're when you're texting someone you're not sort of like okay i'm texting this person i don't want to talk to them it's more like i'm going to text to this person until i can talk to them and it can be a better thing perhaps so you're not when when you're meeting someone that you haven't seen in a long time there's not that sort of awkward stage where you're like i don't i don't know who this person is all yeah. right, and, and you I don't know what's going on in up. their life. I don't know yeah. what's happening. Yeah, no, you know everything that's going on in their life, and then yeah. it's straight back into the conversation. It's like you've never, you've never even left them at all. So, so what we say is, um, you know, as older people, oh my god, I just describe myself as older person. But what we say is, oh, it's like we never, we haven't seen each other for two years, but it's as though we've always been um, around. It's like we've, you know, seen each other only last week, and you just pick up where you left off is the expression I was thinking of. Uh, but I guess that makes it a little bit easier. That digital connection means that you do know what's happening with them. You can immediately get into a conversation instead of that awkward silence of "So, how are you going?" Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a good point. Actually, I, I, it's I always thought that that connectivity is being lost that because people are less likely to go and see one another. But it's a good point. It kind of bridges the gap between the opportunities you have to see one another. Which is good. Which is definitely good. So it's 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 an interesting perspective, isn't it, um, for us as small business owners to be considering not just ourselves and the way we walk into our home, but you know, as Matthew said, it's a great way to consider what the people on the receiving end are feeling like. Yes, you need to feel comfortable in your own home, and you need to feel like you can be yourself, unlike how you have to behave at the office or in front of clients, etc. But at the same time, you need to remember that that person is on almost on the receiving end. Would you agree? Yeah, I think I think it was a good point. That you brought up as well actually that they the other person has their own psyche just just like you even if even if they're a child mm? <laughs> even even if they're a small child they still they still have their own thoughts and they're thinking different things and it's impossible to enter a conversation with someone and for them to just immediately understand your psyche it's important that they understand where you're coming from mm. yeah so it's almost walking and go look i've had a really hard day guys can you help me out by instead of walking in going well obviously you should be able to see how i'm feeling even though because they, they might be zoned out they might be doing something different reading a book their 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 mind might be in a different place look that's uh that's an interesting perspective thank you very much for joining us on the show today matthew no problem <laughs> so thanks for joining me today guys next week an excellent uh, guest on the show again we're in the middle of a guest fest here on small biz and remember that if you'd like to uh, talk about a particular topic and share your expertise with our listeners you can of course get in touch with us via the facebook page